got some things to talk about with whoever you go with. Uh, but theater's doing very well, and I think you'll enjoy the show a lot if you go to it. How many of you remember The Lone Ranger when it used to play on TV? Sorry, Jerry. A little hang-up there, but it'll come back. Who's, who said they remember it? Reruns. Yeah, okay. Nice, nice try there. Okay. Actually, the TV series ran from 49 to 57. I was born in 54, so I can't remember the originals. <laughs> but I do remember the reruns like you. It starred Clayton Moore as a Lone Ranger. And as soon as they figure out why things hung up after the video, you'll see a picture of him. And also Jay Silverheels, who played Tonto in the television series. Does anybody know that there was a radio program before that? And it went on for a long time. 21 years the Lone Ranger played on the radio. Every week there was a new episode. In fact, there were nearly 3,000 episodes. A lot of stories had to be written. This is very impressive. One of the most uh, enduring, uh, uh, captivating shows ever given on radio. So... Here's the Lone Ranger departing on his white stallion whose name was Silver. Okay, good. You guys are with it here. And he would shout out, Hi-ho, Silver, away! And he'd take off. And music would always play, and it was always the same music. What was it? The William Tell Overture. Okay. You getting me that? Does that sound familiar? And uh, Tonto usually referred to the Lone Ranger as Kimasabi, which means... Nothing. <laughs> Nobody knows. Now, the, the producer said it means trusty scout or trusted friend. You'll find out in the movie what it really means, and I'm not going to spoil that for you. Listen for that. Tonto's going to tell you where that name came from, what it means in Comanche. So listen for that. So here's all these different things, the trademark silver bullets that uh, the Lone Ranger used. And he didn't shoot to kill. He only shooted to, to wound, to stop the criminal from whatever they were doing and to get them behind bars so that justice could prevail. These things have all become part of our pop culture. And the new Lone Ranger stars Army Hammer as John Reed, the Ranger, and also Johnny Depp as Tonto. And Johnny Depp is almost as crazy in this one as he was in the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, here's, are we up yet? Okay, all right. Uh, you'll see a picture in just a moment. You just go ahead and flash it whenever it comes, Jerry. It's okay. There's a picture of uh, Tonto and the Lone Ranger today uh, in the new movie. No, not that one. That's the old one. That's Clayton Moore, Jay Silverheels. One more. <laughs> okay. All right. This is the new one. He's got this dead bird on his head. I don't know what that's about. And he's actually feeding the bird all the way through the movie. So you figure that one out. How many of you know what the Lone Ranger was trying to do? What, what was Tonto and, and the Lone Ranger's mission in life? Justice. Okay, they are fighting for justice. Hunting down, capturing the bad guys. Trying to make them pay for their crimes. And, and they are trying to make the Wild West safe for people like you and me. Decent folks like you and me. And that was certainly a noble idea, a noble cause, a noble task. That's what we, we love about these guys. They both had that right, and they were trying to do it separately, and then they finally got together. 
What's more, as I learned more about this, the Lone Ranger uh, lived by a moral code. I didn't even know about the moral code. How many of you knew about that? You listened to the radio show, you probably knew about it. If you watched the TV show, you probably knew about it. But there was a strict moral code created along with the character of the Lone Ranger, and uh, he lived by that. In fact, Clayton Moore and Jay Silverheels took this very seriously, that they were role models for all the young people of America. And, and so they lived their lives according to this code. Now, I won't go through the whole thing, but it says things like this. I believe that to have a friend, you have to be one. I believe that all men are created equal, that everyone has within himself the power to make this world a better world. I believe that God put the firewood there, but every man has to gather and light it himself. <laughs> I believe that, that men should live by the rule to whatever is best for the, uh, whatever is best for the greatest number. I believe that sooner or later, somewhere... Somehow we must settle with the world and make payment for what we have taken. I believe that all things change but truth and that truth alone lives on forever. And I believe in my creator, my country, and my fellow man. How many of you ever heard that code before? I never have. But that's, that was the code. That was, that was the, the code behind the man, behind the man, the Lone Ranger, John Reed. Now at first, as I said, they tried to fight for justice individually. And it doesn't go so well. They both have reasons for that. They both have reasons to, to uh, make things right in the world. And they're trying to accomplish that. And it's only when they team up, when they, when they get in desperate positions with their villains and, and now they're going to die or they're going to have something terrible happen to them that the other guy comes in the scene just at the right time to save his friend's life. And they develop this partnership. They, they find out how valuable it is to have a brother in arms. They find out how important it is to have this partnership because they would have died alone. But together, they can change the Wild West. Now, I want you to notice something right here. Here's a Lone Ranger, this good, moral, God-fearing man. He lives in integrity. He lives by the highest moral code. But he can't fight this battle alone. He needs somebody else to come alongside him fighting that same battle. And uh, then they can have victory. Now, the Bible speaks to this. The Bible speaks to this partnership. It speaks to us being in this together. We've been talking about that throughout our worship time today. And we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians 12 today. And we're going to read the whole chapter. But the whole chapter is really about this. That we're putting this together. And there's a reason for that. And there's a plan. There is a, a purpose behind God making the church and putting us in it together. And this is what he talks about in 1 Corinthians 12. Let's go down to verse 4, and let's see what he says. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Kind of note that. Go down to verse 12. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body, and so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Note that. Now skip down to verse 20. As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the hand cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Verse 24. But God 
has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. As we break down this passage about the body of Christ, the church, please notice kind of the three main things that Paul is saying, the big, the big items. Number one, in the body, there are different gifts given for the common good. Great variety here of gifts and talents. Great variety of people and, and ideas and personalities and ethnic groups. You just throw anything into that. But everyone in the body benefits when we are brought together. Everyone gains something. The reason we're brought together is so all of us can, can, can have advantage. All of us can benefit from that. Secondly, he says, in the church, all of these many parts form one body. One body. And God has brought us together in all our uniqueness, in all our variety, so that we can experience that unity, even in our diversity, our eyes. Maybe, or maybe we're the ears or the hands or the feet. Maybe we're the big toe. I don't know. But we are united in one body, which is Christ. And there's one head who is Jesus himself. We are one in him. Third big thing. The parts should have equal concern for each other. The parts ought to be aware of each other and backing each other up, helping each other. We belong to each other. We are responsible for each other. What Paul is simply saying in all of these big points is we're in this together. We didn't choose this. All we did was choose Jesus. We choose to follow Jesus, and God added to his body daily those who are being saved. That's what Acts says. Independence is a good thing to a point. We need to take responsibility for ourselves. And we as Americans love to talk about you know, our rugged individualism. And we love to talk about that frontier spirit. And we love to talk about how we take care of ourselves and we pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps and all the other sayings. And independence is good, but independence isn't enough. Independence fails. There is an interdependence that we need to have with each other and a codependence that we need to have on God. Or it doesn't work. Sometimes... We need a helper. Sometimes we need a co-laborer. Sometimes we need a partner. And sometimes we need many partners. And when the job is a big one, you better have lots of people working on it and God coordinating all that. The church, the body of Christ, was created by God for some very big purposes. Number one, companionship. Simple word, friendship. Created us for that. He created us so that we could be together in this. We need someone else to share our life with. As God commented back in Genesis when He created Adam, He said, It is not good for man to be alone. And so He created Eve, His wife, His helpmate, suitable for Him, a person corresponding to Him, filling in where His weaknesses were, and providing complementary things to His life that He didn't have. And then He could do the same thing for her. But that's true in friendship also, isn't it? That's true in the companionship of life, that we need friendships like that. We are social creatures. We need other people around us to survive and to thrive. True friends share life together and bring out the best in each other. 
Second big reason God created the church is community. Simple word, fellowship. Fellowship is larger than friendship. Fellowship is bigger and broader than friendship. We need to belong to a larger community where we share the same values and where we can help each other. In a community, we can carry each other's burdens and we can celebrate each other's victories. In a community, we watch out for each other and there is depth, there is breadth to the body of Christ so that any crisis we can face together. There's somebody else that's been through it. There's somebody else that has the resources for that. There's somebody else that understands and can sympathize and empathize with whatever we may be going through. And there's somebody else quite willing to hold a party if you have a reason to have a party. So in the body, there is this community. There is this fellowship. Third big reason is cooperation and partnership. A partnership is about working together, laboring together to accomplish common goals. We work to achieve the same dreams for a better world and a better eternity for more people in this world. Like the Lone Ranger and Tonto, we sometimes have to fight injustice together. And sometimes it can get pretty ugly. But cooperation is just taking advantage of and making the most of our unique gifts and talents. And then trusting God to bring us together to accomplish his purpose. Now, I want to talk about two words that the kids heard in school. First of all, the word symbiosis. How many know what symbiosis is? Anybody want to take a shot at it? Dave? Okay, all right, you have two different uh, uh, species, two different kinds of creatures, and they somehow live beside each other, uh, they somehow coexist, but to the benefit of one or both of them. Not always is there a benefit, but somehow it works when they get together. And because they're beside each other, because they, they maybe feed off of something else, not always is it a benefit for both. You, know, you think of a parasite, you know, parasites get a lot of good out of it, but the host is getting sick, you know. But there's also things like the clownfish and the sea anemone that, that they live beside each other. And one eats the bad stuff that the other doesn't need, and the other one provides an environment where the, the little clownfish can be safe from those that would try to kill it. And so they, they both benefit, and it's a symbiotic relationship. In the church, there is this going on. Where when we get next to each other, we can derive benefits from being around each other. And the weaknesses of one can, can help the, 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 uh, be benefited by the strength of the other. And it works both ways in the church. Let's go to another word, though, and that's the word synergy. Synergy. What is synergy? Anybody want to venture at that one? Synergy is when you combine people or creatures, uh, you know, these, these uh, individuals together, and the sum total of what they can do is greater than just adding what he can do and what she can do. Uh, let's think of the, the old thing they used to do. Now we have tractor pulls, but they used to have horse pulls. And they'd see how much a certain horse could pull. And one horse might be this great big monstrous workhorse, and he could pull 6,000 pounds of weight on a sled. And another horse, maybe not quite as strong, could pull 4,000 pounds. And so they say, well, let's team them up together. Let's see how much they can pull. 
And synergy is the proof in the pudding because what happens when you team those two together, they don't pull 10,000 pounds. They could pull 12 or 13,000 pounds. There's something about partnering together, of yoking together, of bringing two people to get together to accomplish the same goal that multiplies the sum total of that work that they do. Synergy happens all the time in the church. And not only do you have the two people working together, or maybe 100 people together, you have the Lord himself who is stepping into that harness with you and pulling that weight with you. And so much more happens in the church. I just want you to think about the advantages of being in this together because that's the bottom line. We are not islands. We are not left to sink or swim on our own. We are placed in a community of believers. And this darkness around us, this wickedness of the world that is around us, that is, that is so pervasive, is no laughing matter. We're not talking about having fun and games together. We're not talking about fellowship being a potluck dinner, although that may be part of it. We're talking about real life in hard situations, and God has built this community so we can face this world together and we can overcome the darkness and the wickedness of this world together. You know, otherwise, someone gets killed, somebody gets hurt, or even worse, it changes their eternity. And we don't want that to happen. Now, sadly, there are many times, and here's the serious part of the message, there are many times that people want to do it alone. You may be such a person. You may say, I've got problems, but I'm not going to tell anybody about it. I've got struggles in my life. I've got struggles in my family. I've got struggles at work. And somehow I'm just going to get through that. Somehow I'm going to face that because I don't want to open about it. I want to talk about it. Or maybe you've got some job you're trying to do for God and you think, I just have to try harder. I need to just give more hours to it. I need to pour more energy into it. And I can do this. And something inside us fights against this idea of community, fights against this idea of partnership, and we say, I'll just go it alone. It's easier because last time they failed me, last time they didn't follow through, and it's just less trouble for me, just go do it. It's just all these reasons. And many times behind these is our enemy, Satan, saying, you know, you really shouldn't trust them anyhow. They, they, they don't want to hear your problems. They don't care. They don't want to know your struggles. Or maybe if they do, they'll just talk behind your back. You know, all these reasons, these whispering in our ear that say, don't open up, don't give in, don't, don't allow somebody else into your life. Just work on your own. And the dynamic life and ministry and growth of God's kingdom, God's body is being denied. God's plan is being wasted, neglected. I want you to think about that. Just wherever you are, whatever you're going through in your life, if you're that person that you don't have any troubles, you don't have any struggles that you're going through right now, you're just trying to do something for God, but now you're wearing four hats, and all I could add a fifth one, I'll do more, it's got to be done. And so you, you start wearing somebody else's hat in the church. You start doing somebody else's ministry. And you're, you're hurting yourself because it's not who you're about. You're already overloaded. You're hurting the ministry because 
you're not really gifted for that, and so it's not as strong as it might be if somebody else was doing it. And you're hurting that other person who needs to step up into the harness and become a part of it. It's better if you find your giftedness and you do that for God and you deal with your issues and then open up to all these things so that we can as partners, as family, as community can work together to accomplish God's will. Someone wrote about two horses that they knew about where they lived. Can't figure out who wrote this, but it's, it's pretty powerful. He said they noticed these two horses out in the field and one was bigger than the other, but they really didn't pay much attention to it until finally one day they were walking by and they stopped and looked at them more closely and they noticed that the larger horse was actually blind. He was blind. And that impressed them, first of all, that the farmer didn't put him down and say, you know, a horse that's blind, how's he going to make it, you know? Nobody can take time just to lead the horse everywhere and take care of it all day long. It's better just for that horse to die and they'd euthanize him. But they didn't. And they discovered as they looked further that this little horse on the other side of the field had a little bell attached to her harness. And every time she moved, that bell would ring. And when the bell rung, the bigger horse noticed. And the bigger horse would go to wherever the little horse was. And this relationship had developed between them to where the little horse was watching out for the big horse. And when it was time for feeding, she would go to the horse to the, to the feeding trough and the big horse would follow the bell and get feed and drink. And when it was time to go to the barn at night, the bell would lead him where he needed to go. And there was this constant leading all the time. And they would even notice that as she would start for the barn, she would pause and look back and make sure he was following. She was taking responsibility for him. And it impressed him so much that, that these two horses had learned to work together in that way. And both of them could benefit from that relationship. If you are nearby and listening, you may hear the sound of a bell. Like the owner of these two horses, God doesn't throw us away because we're not perfect. None of us is perfect. None of us is strong in everything. None of us is able to do whatever we're supposed to do. There's a blindness in our lives, and he hasn't thrown us away. Instead, he's found somebody that can cover for us, somebody that can help us in our weakness. He watches over us and brings people into our lives that can help us when we're in need. And sometimes in life, we may be the blind horse that needs to be guided by the little horse, by that ringing bell that God has for somebody else. Sometimes we're the horse with the bell. And there's somebody around us that's failing, somebody that's hurting, and we're there to guide someone else to help them see what they need to see. Good friends are like this. You don't always see them, but you know that they're there. And so my encouragement to you this morning is this. You listen for my bell, and, and I'll listen for yours. <laughs> you know, when I need help, you be there for me. And when you need help, I promise I'm going to be there for you. If you have to call me in the middle of the night, if you have to call a brother and sister and say, you know, I'm hurting. I don't know what to do here. I'm struggling. I have a decision to make. My family is going up in flames. I've just lost my job. I'm about ready to lose my house. Whatever may be going on. Or maybe, you know, the greatest thing just happened to me. My boss just came in and he said this. I've got to tell somebody. Whatever it may be in your life. Or maybe it's a ministry of the church. And you're struggling. You're pushing. You just can't find the time to accomplish it. And God is saying, there's, there's 
dozen people around you that could do this even better than you if you would just acknowledge that and invite them to be part of it. Encourage them. I want to remind you just one last time that nobody needs to be a Lone Ranger here. Nobody needs to try and operate on your own. You need a Tonto. Tonto needs the, the Lone Ranger. We're part of the body of Christ. We need to share our joys, our sorrows. We need to work together within the body of Christ. And we need to stop fighting the battles of life on our own. One other thing, the Lone Ranger wore a mask. Jerry alluded to it in our communion meditation. He wore a mask for a reason because he didn't want people to know who he was. And somehow they never figured it out. So he can act, you know, mysteriously and accomplish things. You know, that just doesn't add up to me, but it works in the movies. But don't we wear masks too? Don't we sometimes hide who we really are? Don't we pretend? Don't we put on this facade that makes it look like everything's going fine in their family? Everything's going fine for that guy. And so we admire them, we look up to them, and never even think their life may be falling apart behind the scenes. It's time we learn to take off that mask. It's time that we learn to be real with each other and admit our failures, admit our longings, admit uh, the things going on in our life that, that we really are struggling with. And we need somebody to come alongside us and partner with us. We need to acknowledge our pain and our joys. Take advantage of the community that God has given you. He created us. And he created that body of Christ so that he, we could share life together and we could live life together. If you are part of the New Hope family, you have at least a hundred other people that care about you. You have a hundred other people that will reach out to you and be there for you and support you and, and back you up and work beside you because we are in this together. I want to invite you to do something as a tangible way for us to, to kind of understand this. Would you stand up with me? We're going to form a circle all the way around the outside of the room today. Let's get everybody in one big circle. So you've got to get out of your seats and go to the walls, come up here across the front, whatever you need to do, and let's make one big circle. You're good, you're good. Okay, everybody, find a place. Make a total connection there. Pat, we're going to include you in this. Somebody reach out and get Pat's hands somehow. Get around her. Okay, join your hands together, if you will, please. Uh, if they have germs, you can wash your hands later. <laughs> but I want you to have this picture in your mind. I want you to be part of this circle. There are others that are not here today. They're part of it, too. There are people that will come to be part of this circle that we don't even know their names yet. But God's going to lead us to them. Some of them are over at Westgate. Some of them are in your neighborhood. Some are where you work. Some of them are members of your kinship. And God has invited them all into his kingdom, into his family, into his body. And we're going to ask for God's blessing upon that. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we know that we um, need your body. We need the church. We know, Lord, that we struggle sometimes and we do it alone. We know that we sometimes try to accomplish things, that there's no way an individual could do that. And yet we push and we try 
uh, and we fail. God, you are perfect in your plan, perfect in your vision for the church. Help us just to get inside that, to understand. Uh, help us to appreciate and to have the humility, that's what it takes, just to admit our failings, our weaknesses, to take off those masks that we wear just to impress others. Help us to trust one another, Lord, and to not break that trust if we're the one trusted. We would not seek opportunity to tell stories on someone else or to share someone else's bad news, but rather just lift each other up and strengthen each other and, and be there for each other in moments of weakness and of joy. Lord, we, we ask that you would bless this body of believers called New Hope Christian Church and that you would unite us in ways that we have never known and you would strengthen each individual part of this body as we contribute what we can to you. We make ourselves available to you. We ask for your plan, your purpose to work here and for your kingdom to grow because of that. Help us, Lord, to never be a lone ranger, but to realize uh, that you have a plan and purpose for each of us as we do this together. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Go.